All right. We are back. Welcome Rex. back. Someone's got a game plan in the background. I can hear it. It's not Someone's muted. got a game plan. Mute that game. Interesting. And edit that out. Now we're back. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in that. Act we like are I back. Yeah. Okay. It's staying in. It's staying <laughs> in. So we, we've been back this whole time. You just heard me say that we were back after we already said we were back because I thought something was getting edited out, and it's not. So there we are. Uh, welcome to the Bees Needs Podcast. We are... Uh, I lost my thought right there. The second episode of season two. Season two. For easier sure. and easier. Easier and easier. Two Bees, two Knees. <laughs> What's up? This is... oh, okay. <laughs> Please host. Please go. Oh my gosh, my name is Trey. Y'all can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at PastorTrey05. I live in Miami, Florida, but I am a proud Brooklyn Nets fan. What's up? This is Marcus Williams. I'm representing Columbia, Missouri, the motherland. One of three Mizzou alumni on this podcast. I am a proud Miami Heat fan, and despite what's going on tonight, we're still the best team in the league right now. He's not lying. Net rating says it's true. This is Brian. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at B underscore hub 21. Uh, I am a cocky heat fan. Uh, and yeah, and we have a returning guest star as Dan's not able to join us tonight. He's still wallowing in his bull sorrow after they didn't jump out to the four and one start he was hoping for. Um, we got Mike back with us this time. Mike, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, Michael Montgomery here, uh, formerly of Columbia, Missouri, now live in Chicago. Uh, not a Bulls fan, thankfully, but I am a fan the only of the team you're not defending, a fan of. Champion, defending champion Toronto Raptors. Put some respect on their name. Uh, Did Milwaukee you just say Ducks, champion like David Stern champion. used to say? Champion. Champs, the champs. David Stern used to say champion every time, and it made me happy always. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> And then also the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves and Memphis Grizzlies. Have you added teams since the last time we talked? <laughs> the Bulls are the only team he's not a fan of. Nice. Wait, no, seriously, that, that, that was that was four teams, right? Yeah, yeah it's the same yeah. four. It's the same four. It's the same four. Oh man, is it? Wait. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It was Bucks, Raptors, uh, Grizzlies, and Timberwolves, right? Yes. Oh, I don't. Yeah. It took me several years to get his. He definitely did. Yeah, they just wasn't much to talk about because they were really, really bad at basketball last year. Right. Actually. And now one of them still is, but. I was going to say, we're not sure the Grizzlies are good at basketball yet. Right. I'm not quite sure they're. They're at least fun now. This is true. Jaw's fun. Jaw's fun. I've watched multiple games. Jaw Morant is fun. Jaw is fun. We can say that the Grizzlies as a whole are fun. That's I fair, wouldn't but... even have minded losing to them if it wasn't Jay Crowder beating us at the buzzer. What in the world? Uh, I don't <laughs> even know what it would be like to lose to them. Thankfully, we haven't experienced that because we're the number one team in the East. Yeah, what is that like? Enjoy. So, I am. It's early season, but I'm enjoying. Yeah, man, it's still preseason. The season don't start till Christmas. Uh, well, games still count the standings, though. How, how, will, uh, how will Kyrie and his teammates be getting along by Christmas? 
We'll be getting along just fine. <laughs> no, I, in all honesty, I mean, and it's still like super early, but uh, at this juncture, there doesn't seem to be any reason to be worried about Kyrie's effect on the locker room. Um, and that's typically okay. been the case everywhere. Like even in Boston, the first year was smooth sailing. So by the time this thing craters out, if it does, KD should be back. Oh, That'll change the dynamic a little bit, at least. Yeah, yeah I mean, because I don't know that Kevin Durant has ever been in a place that had toxic chemistry issues. So. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely never hey. ran from that before and then oh, stated God. it on national TV. But he also got to the finals every year he was in that. So That's uh, a good point. Good point. That's true. <laughs> I was, was absolutely was also playing for a historically great team at the time. We that is say. correct. But who, who, is, so who is historically ungreat right now? So right, but uh, he'll be coming into a historically bad conference. Um, yes, historical dearth of talent. So <laughs> dearth, nice. Yeah, man. I'm. I'm. I'm Trey's all that. about the new words, big words Let's today. Go. Yeah, I me mean, googling stuff earlier. <laughs> the denouement. Yeah, that one. I was like, what yeah. does that mean? Yeah. Derek Jones with the dunk. Nice. Throw it down, DJJ. Yeah. The, I'm also kind of encouraged because, again, it's, it's early and nothing really counts until Christmas and it's still in the honeymoon phase. But, like, Kyrie legitimately seems to be enjoying himself, like, uh, on the bench. Yeah. Like, even, you know, a matter of fact, home games, KD comes to all the home games they played against. Uh, who did they beat last night? It's a really bad team. Um, that they A bad team they let hang around too long. I don't even remember who it was at this point. Pelicans. It was, oh, yeah, the Pelicans. Pelicans. Who are they also were, not fun, Dan. <laughs> yes, they're, they're anti-fun. Hammer you know, Dan on all his hot takes while he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Pour one out for Danby. Danby couldn't make this recording, and Mike is filling in for him. Uh, but absolutely, like, I was watching Kyrie and KD on the bench, and they're having fun with the teammate. Like, Garrett Temple had a dunk that almost wasn't a dunk, and they gave him a thumbs down and laughed at him. And stuff. <laughs> I was really encouraging to see. I think that's I think that's true for several free agents because like, I mean Kyrie's got that reputation, but if he's enjoying where he's at, like he didn't seem to enjoy Boston, and then like once Bron got to Cleveland, he didn't really seem to enjoy that either. But you put him in a situation that he is enjoying, and he's not going to be you know the problem people make him out to be. And again, cocky Heat fan brings it back to Miami. Like Jimmy wanted to be in Miami, and he seems to really enjoy everybody there, like him and Tyler. You know, been working out all summer together. The entire organization has got that same kind of mindset that he does. Like, I don't think there was a single fan that really looked at it and like, oh, he had a rough time in Minnesota with Tibbs. How is it going to work here? Like, I mean, if the guy fits and if he's buying into what that team's about, then he's not going to be a problem. It's if the piece doesn't fit is when it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Y'all can y'all can keep on making excuses for these proven malcontents all you want but even as a heat fan i'm not expecting but like why i think there's something to be said of that like okay yes like he's clearly like a a mercurial dude or whatever but at the same token this is the literal first time that he's chosen a destination in his career yeah and he's had people that match his his vision for like how basketball should be played like I mean, uh-huh. he, that's what I think that's why he honestly enjoyed playing for Tibbs because Tibbs worked their asses up. You know what I mean? He just, he made them run hard in practices. He made them play tough defense. Yeah, he had problem. Mike, I mean, you can speak to that. I don't think Jimmy's big problem was Tibbs. It was teammates that weren't, you know, pushing themselves in practice like he does. 
Yeah, I think it was definitely more of the teammates and maybe especially the attitude of he was a 30th he was the 30th pick. He had to earn his way into the league and the big guys on the Timberwolves were both first overall picks sort of hand given the opportunities and they didn't have to work as hard as Jimmy did. I think that definitely rubbed him the wrong way. Right. Like it wasn't Tibbs like working him hard. That wasn't the problem. Like I'm not not defending Tibbs by any means. Like I've well stated my opinion on him here, but I mean, like, Jimmy was never in a spot that he wanted to really be in, it doesn't seem like. And now he is. He's got an organization that matches his mindset. So I don't see where the problem's going to come from. And Kyrie, like, no one's going to sit here and try to pretend to understand Kyrie. I don't think Trey would even do that. But he he chose this situation. He chose, you know, this team. It seems to be where he wants to be. He seems legitimately happy. So I don't know if you'll have those same, like, Oh, here comes this problem, same as usual. Like, I don't necessarily believe that's coming. Right. Right. And I I, I think that, that matters. Like, it just does. And then and it could end up being a situation, yeah. like, where I, we end up eating crow on this one. But yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. But also at the same token, he chose to be there. Every indication is that he's legitimate. Like, he even picked half of his teammates, Come like, in, in, in uh, Kyrie's case in particular, like, yeah, DeAndre yeah. Jordan owes him money. Is the choice of his teammate a little concerning, though? <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, he could have picked worse teammates. It's not like he came and, and dragged Lance Stevenson with him or nothing. Like, no. <laughs> He's already a better GM than Bron is, so. I mean, I'm almost going to agree with that. Yeah, because everybody got on him for, for the DJ signing. But first and foremost, if that's what it took to get – KD on board and everything. Right. And I think that's that's right. forty mil well spent. If you're the Nets, you do that every time, right? Yeah. Because not like it was forty mil in one season. It's ten mil a year. It's exactly. You can and, survive that. And like, wow, DeAndre Jordan is not Lob City's DeAndre Jordan anymore. He's also not Joe King Noah yet. You know, right? Like, like he's he's still a serviceable big man. As a matter of fact, he might be out for a while because he. Uh, sprained his ankle last night. Taking shots at all those former players while Dan's gone. To be fair to Noah, to be fair to Noah, he was saving himself for the playoffs last year. That's right. Oh, Mike, if you could pick any one of your four teams to sign Joel Kunoa right now, who would it be and why? Um, Who? That is a tough one. I would say... uh, the the Grizzlies again because he would help with their draft their draft pick status and keeping. <laughs> so maybe we can get the number two pick two years in a row. <laughs> I know they don't get the number one pick. That never happens. So, um, the so Mike the Timberwolves are one of the early season surprises. What have you seen with them so far? Have you seen many of their games yet or? Uh, the ironic thing is I actually went to their last preseason game in Milwaukee against the Bucks, and let's just say that uh, that game did not have me excited for their uh, early regular season success. Really? Uh, yeah, it was uh, rough. I think Andrew Wiggins uh, shot about 22 shots and made about maybe eight of them. There were a lot of mid-range jumpers taken that game, which... 
he's apparently stopped taking now that the regular season uh, has. I was has say eight started. for twenty-two is not that's, terrible that's, for Andy. That's that's a very, very Wigginsian stat line. So. Yeah, it's very par yeah. for the Wiggins, if you ask me. But, um, but yeah, it definitely seems like he started to eliminate that. Uh, he did he it yesterday. He stopped, he, he stopped taking the long twos now, but he was taking a lot in the preseason. Yeah, I mean the the game I went to, he was uh, he was uh, his typical um, depressing self, I would say, uh, from from the preseason where he uh, you know was taking a lot of mid range jumpers, and the team overall didn't didn't really play well at all. I mean, they played the Bucks last night, and it did not go well, but they were without Cat. But uh, it didn't go much better in the preseason whenever they did have Cat. So uh, being at that game, I was not excited and was not expecting this. But I will say in that preseason game, Cat was in foul trouble. So I didn't get to see a lot of them running the offense through them like they have so far in the regular season, which has been very smart. They're utilizing him a lot more on the perimeter and having four other perimeter guys. So they're really spreading the floor. And Cat is just, you know, utilizing all his tools. He looks like he's really they're really utilizing him as a passer. Uh, with him setting up shops sort of on the elbows with a lot of their uh, wings who might not be the best shooters uh, taking cuts towards the basket for easy layups. They're really uh, utilizing sort of the roster, the talent they have on that roster or sort of the lack of talent they have around him. So I think um, one of the main reasons behind like this uh, Minnesota surprise is like, I don't know if y'all remember playing like NBA 2K street uh not nba 2k street but uh nba street but like if you ever happen to miss yes. a game breaker that was that was pretty much gonna like end it for you and i right. think when Kyrie missed that game breaker against the timberwolves in game <laughs> one that was the springboard for them man and it's like nothing can stop us Chris. i swear he was really trying to do that I know well, he said uh, afterwards like- that he slipped but i swear he was trying to go for that game breaker right there Man, yeah, I mean, it, like like Michael said, I mean, I think it helps that Wiggins has stopped doing the long twos. I guess he was doing that in the preseason, kind of like Ben Simmons stopped shooting threes after the regular <laughs> season came around. After um, the preseason, yeah, yeah, he took that one in the preseason and was like, "All right, that's enough. I don't want to get too far outside of my comfort zone here," which. I guess maybe Wiggins decided to leave the long twos in the preseason. So good for you, Wiggins. Cat yeah, currently seems to change it up against the Heat. He's still, he's still heat. taking uh, more shots per game than Cat, which is a little worrisome. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> a little. Cat leads the league in three pointers made right now, and that is ridiculous. Really? Yes. I did not he realize does. that. Right now, yes. the far season, he is averaging four point five three pointers made per game. That is a full. 0.6 three pointers are made above Dame, uh, Dame, who's in second right now. Wow, yeah, wow, so that might be a little unsustainable, yeah. And, and I know, like, he was absolutely torching the Nets, like, from that's yeah, that's a lot, man. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's we wanted to see him make the leap. Like, I know I talked bad about him in the first episode, now he's an MVP candidate, um, <laughs> but I mean. Yeah, it's more than just a leap. That seems unsustainable. But um, 
Mike, you had a decent trade idea for the Wolves the other day. If this seems to be like, hey, they actually are pretty good and they're enjoying post-Tibbs life, but they still need pieces because they're not quite there yet. So your trade the other day, you had D'Angelo Russell going to the Wolves, right? Yeah, D'Angelo Russell, who the Wolves actually thought they were going to get before he signed with the Warriors. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell thought he was going to the Timberwolves. So the fact that uh, KD chose the Nets actually opened up that opportunity, so he chose the Warriors, which don't blame them, of course. But uh, I, I looked at the trade machine, and if you trade uh, Jarrett Culver, the Wolves' first-round pick this year, the expiring contract of Jeff Teague, and Josh Okoge, the salaries actually are a perfect match for D'Angelo Russell. And that's a solid trade, honestly. If you're looking at the Warriors, you know, they're trying to get value for something and build, you know, an actual roster because I couldn't, beyond Russell, I couldn't identify a single current active player right now, I don't think. Even Kevin Looney's hurt. Wait, are they getting picks in this trade? I think you had said, like, a first-rounder, right? Well, uh, Culver was their first-round pick this year, the 11th pick. Yeah, but he's a spent pick, though. You probably got to throw one in there. Maybe not. I don't know. But no, I'm like, just absolutely. the, the pieces, they don't hang it up immediately. Yeah, the pieces work, though. And, like, I think you're getting good value there. Like, Culver's a good, you know, like, they need wing depth. They got guards. And Russell's a guard. So, like, you're trading from a surplus for a need. Like, I think that's a very solid idea. Teague's not going to be on the books forever, you know. Um, I really like that look like- for them. They really help them though. That's my only question. Is yeah, they're so far. They actually sign someone, so is an expiring even worth something to the Warriors? I'm just saying it's not like adding on to it going forward, you know. Um, and then you're still bringing in young talent that's cheaper. So like you're you're making your way back towards (laughs) being able to sign other guys or something. I don't see any reason Golden State does that without getting at least a pick and yeah, at least like a, a first and a second or something. Yeah. The simple fact, like, you know, I mean, you're not going to help another team. Yeah, I would assume that a pick would have to be involved. But, I mean, I think Brian's, like, on the right track um, in that, like, if you're Golden State, you want young talent that's cheap. And it's, man, I mean, you want pe- people that other people have heard of. <laughs> right. Jordan Poole and Eric Pascal, who lit up the Blazers last night, if they're your two best players right now, like, that that can't be a thing that you want to be saying, you know. But you cannot make the argument that they want people that people have actually heard of while you're saying that they could trade D'Angelo Russell for Jeff T, Jared Culver, and whoever the heck else we were just talking about. Josh Kogi? Yeah. No, but absolutely I mean, not. No, I, mean, I just mean like he, as a full roster. Maybe look. Not, but I mean, like, Josh is a good young piece. I mean, obviously, he's not he's no star, but He's a good young piece. Like, I don't think the Warriors would be upset at, at like having him. Him and Culver, yeah, Culver's a good young wing. If they don't have the any wings. You, if that's the argument you want to make, that's fine. But you can't make it at the same time you make an argument that like Golden State doesn't have anybody you would recognize, because those are also people that the average basketball fan might not recognize. Okay, so the wording's off, but the idea. Of filling your roster with good young, like actual good young players, and not you know create a players. 
Like, I guess that, the, the one thing I'm getting hung up on is that, like, when they did the sign and trade, they signed D'Lo to a max contract. And most people said, like, most people assumed they were doing it to make him an asset for when Clay eventually uh, comes back. Right. But at the same token, like, making that commitment to somebody, a max contract, makes it seem like you want them for, like, it, even if he's there to be an asset, you, you want more than that back, right? But like, who's who? Where are they getting it from, though? Exactly. That's what I'm, I, I think. The, I think D'Angelo is going to be a warrior for a little longer than people anticipated. But no, I'm just saying. Like, where? What's what offer is going to be out there that's better than that one from Minnesota right now? No, that's that's kind of my point. And I don't know. There could come a team later on that needs point guard. Like, uh, apparently, Mike Conley retired and didn't tell me about. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> they're, they're based. the last two games. The last couple of games, he's been fine. He started real slow, though, like really slow. Yeah, yeah, he did. It's, it's been a slow start for a few uh, people around the league, matter of fact. But, yeah, I just don't see, like, I don't see the plus side in that. Like, I, if, if I'm Golden State, I'm hanging the phone call up. Like, I'm not even answering a call from Minnesota right now. Like, if, I'm like, oh, you're calling for, for who? Oh, okay, am, am I getting cat? Oh, bye-bye. You're saying you're not answering without a pick, or even if they're attaching a first rounder to that. It had to be at least a first and a second. I, I honestly like. I feel like you'd still do that, honestly, if you're Minnesota. I don't know about you, Mike, but like maybe that's maybe that's the heat I mean, it's, talking. But it's the most Minnesota well, thing for them to think they're getting a free agent and then have to trade like five assets for that said player just true. because. Just because uh, Kevin Durant happened to chose Nets, <laughs> who also happened to be D'Angelo Russell's uh, t- former team, so a sign trade opportunity happened. Right. But uh, yeah, I think the Wolves would still do that. Yeah, especially if this whole thing, if them being good-ish, proves to be sustainable in any way. You know, we're we get into January and they're still hovering around, you know, the six-seven spot. In the West, then yeah, I think they have a lot of a lot of incentive to, to call Golden State and be like, hey man, seriously, what about D'Angelo Russell? Right. And I think I think Golden State is more inclined to listen to that phone call than than Trey than you probably think. But I would agree that they would need to get they would probably want to get a pick back. Yeah. I mean, that's just the nature of things. At right. least a pick. Right. And, and the Timberwolves have not yet played a Western Conference team, so there's also that. Really? <laughs> well, and, uh, but don't worry. They play. Uh, they play two next. They play the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Oh, hey. so we still not playing like legit Western Conference teams then. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, uh, the Pistons. Well, then Denver, then the Pistons. So they have a pretty nice little soft schedule to start the year. So uh, it might be a mirage for uh, for a little bit longer. Yeah, Maybe. man. I was just about to watch talk out. About how- Watch out for calling the schedule soft, because the guy that you're replacing once did that, and whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to air his group chat, dirty laundry out like that? That's not a group uh, chat. Like, he said that on, on Did the... he say 4-1 and one on the pod? No, no, I think no, that was no, group chat. Yeah, you're right. But he did say that he was expect. I mean, he did say he was expecting them to go 4-1 and one in those yeah. first five. Yeah, and you point blank point blank asked him what he expected the record to be after the first five, and it was four and one. Sorry, Dan. 
we know you're not here to defend yourself and you're listening right now and mad at it, but Nobody it's a rough time in Bulls, Bulls fan. Well, I don't think the Bulls are defending anyone, they, so it's fine. <laughs> yes, they did not quite get to that 4-1 and one mark. Um, but at least it means that they are probably going to get the number four pick now. <laughs> Maybe they'll just take the number four slot the entire season. Oh, shoot. Already, oh, already back on too talented to tank. Man, five, six games in. T T T T. Rough. Um, so another team that started well that I don't think is quite as much of a mirage as Minnesota might be, but I still don't quite understand how is the Phoenix Suns. Like that was a legit win last night. I don't know if you guys caught any of that. I watched the last probably yeah, seven or eight last, minutes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and that team like, is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they like have. They have a real life NBA point guard. I'm not saying he's you know an all star or anything, but Rubio, he's a real life point guard. Um, they seem to have you know a coach that understands basketball. I, I can't say that they did before. Um, I don't know. Like they they don't have a ton of different new pieces or anything. It doesn't seem like, but. It's it's starting to click, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? That team's frisky, man. They are frisky. I I, I like them. They're a lot of fun. Um, for the record, I did say before the season that I think that Rubio was going to help them quite a bit because now they have a, they have an adult in the room and right. that helped right. them. Um, I will and, say that. I mean, their starters. Well, Aiden is out now. But, I mean, their starters, they went, what, Rubio, Booker, Kelly Oubre, Dario Saric, and DeAndre Ayton. That's, like, that's not a terrible starting five. I mean, no, you know what I mean? No. Like, they're not winning a title with that, but that's those are five real-life NBA players. If they had to play the Heat for 82 games, they absolutely would win the title because Dario Saric is Dirk Nowitzki against us. But, yeah, <laughs> I would agree. Um I mean, like, they they didn't look like, you know, Phoenix was slacking off. or Like, it wasn't like, oh, they're just missing Embiid. Like, they looked good. They, they looked like they, they had did. a clear idea what to do at the end of the game. Like, Booker was making some plays. Uber looked confident. Like, they looked like they had confidence in themselves. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen that in a while. They expected to win that game. Right, and yeah. Eric that, looked like he thought he was the best center on that floor, which he was yeah. for a lot of it. So, I mean, shouts to the Phoenix Suns. I will say that they are shooting a very uh, unsustainable three-point percentage. Uh, Devin Booker is shooting 50%. Yeah. Aaron Baines is shooting 48% on 4.4 sh- attempts a game. Javon uh, Carter, 41%. Rubio, 40%. Uh, overall, as a team, shooting 37% from three. I don't think that is something that the Suns can sustain moving forward. Did you say Rubio? was shooting 40%? I knew he'd make it. I knew he'd yes. get there. Finally. The day has come. <laughs> I was I've a very, very early Rubio believer, and it's been rough territory for a while. Uh, Rubio Island? Is that a thing? Man, that two, what was it, the 08 gold medal game, U.S. versus Spain? Like, I was a believer. That's all I needed. I was like, this kid's got a broken... His predominant hand is broken or something like that. Sprains. I don't know. He was still playing. He couldn't use, really use his right hand. 
And he held his own with Chris Paul and Jason Kidd and everybody, all the other point guards on that yeah. team. I was in. He was giving the USA fits in that game. Right. What was he, 12 at the time? <laughs> Something he like that, yeah. His whole life, basically. Need to see that birth certificate. <laughs> right. He never played with a guard as, as good as Booker in Minnesota, at least. That's true. Uh, I mean, is do we think Booker's better than Donovan Mitchell? He's a better shooter, but like as a better player, because he played with him in Utah. Booker's more of a spot-up shooter, though, and Mitchell's more of a slasher, I would say. Mitchell yeah. can shoot, but he is more of a slasher, which is right. where Ruby's expertise comes in. Yeah, I'm legitimately so, asking because I have not watched a Phoenix Suns game since March Dottomar played there. But like, does, <laughs> does Devin Booker believe in defense? Oh, no, not at all. No, yeah. but I think Monty Williams does, and as long as you don't have too many guys like that, you can probably figure out a way to work around it. Like, yeah, no, I figured as much, but in that yeah. essence, like at least Donovan Mitchell like cares. Yeah, like I think Booker is willing to try, and to me, like that's the difference between like a team being really bad defensively because a guy just does not care, like right. James Harden. Um, <laughs> But like, I mean, like Steph Steph Curry's not a great defender. He's not like a physical defender or anything. But he puts the effort in to where you can build a team defense that has him as a piece of it and still be good at defense. You know, right, I think right. Booker. I think Booker could be on that track. It seems like. Yeah, yeah the last time I watched the Phoenix Suns game, they had a. Go ahead. The last time I watched the Phoenix Suns game, they had this one point guard. Who absolutely could not care less about defense. <laughs> he ended up winning the MVP, though. Two of them. <laughs> Two I of think, them. I think in I think Nash's case, I think he cared about defense. He just his body just would not let him be a good defender. He cared vicariously through his teammates. Like, hey, y'all, try harder. You're good at it. I care that you're good at defense. So I can't or for defense, yeah, it was yeah, more I, like that probably. Yeah, but I hey, if you're if you're an MVP level like if you're an MVP level player, I'm okay with you not being a great defender. Like, but that's really it. Like, if you're not at an least MVP, one of those MVPs was just because they had to give it to somebody though. Like, they got to the end of the season. I forget which year it was, but there was clearly one year where they were like, "Oh, guys, uh, I guess we got to give this out." And they were like, "Who?" And they were like, "Who's the best team right now?" They were like, "Oh, the Suns." They were like, "Who's the best player there?" They were like Mark Stoudemire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like hey, Steve Nash won more MVPs than Kobe and Wade combined. Yeah. That's wild. That is wild. That's disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, I, I, no disrespect to Steve. And Nash. yeah, like exactly. Points. No disrespect to Steve Nash. One of the most entertaining players. That, I don't know that I have any issue with him winning, even though the one that he won maybe the first time of the year. That probably should have been Shaq's. MVP. Yeah, I was gonna say Shaq got robbed by Shaq one of them. Shaq in Miami year. So, yeah, I guess I do have a problem with him when they <laughs> Like the one of the Nash MVPs and the Rose MVP are two of my biggest oh, what in the world's going on. We really shouldn't have the Rose MVP discussion without Dan here because he's going to be furious and come back with six thousand hot takes on the next one just to punish us. But in yeah, fact, I would agree. I would agree. Hey, that was the largest in the United Center this year was when Derrick Rose returned. Yeah. That's uh that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh do we have any teams that we've we've found to be really disappointing so far this year? 
Michael, let's start with you. Uh, in terms of disappointing teams, um, the Bucks have been a little—they've uh, been a little worrisome to start the season. They picked it up the last couple of games, but uh, they blew big uh, third-quarter leads in at least three games. Yeah, they did. And the the crowd—I uh, was up there in Milwaukee also uh, for Saturday against Raptors Bucks game, and they blew a big lead against the Raptors, and you could just sort of feel the tension—the tension in the crowd of uh oh. Here's it going. Here, here it goes again, and uh, you can definitely tell the pressure's on this year for the Bucks. You know they they feel the heat with Giannis, so a uh, little bit of a worrisome start. But I I think uh, I think they've been on the right track with their their last couple of games. But it's definitely yeah. worth uh, worth worth keeping an eye on in terms of they're definitely feeling the heat up in Milwaukee. Yeah. Sounds By the like way, in 2021, everybody's going to feel the heat with Giannis. Yeah. But it's okay. We'll get there. Yeah, that's right. Cocky Heat fan. That's we, right. Not Miss Cocky Heat fan. I you agree said with you, you do though. or don't? They, they seem to have figured it out the last couple games, but they definitely seem to be like, things don't seem as easy and, and, and as loose with them this year. I think expectations, yeah. which, I mean, tends to be the case with a lot of things, right? Expectations. Um, tend down ask ask baker mayfield and the cleveland browns right now <laughs> you know and so i think that that's kind of and i mean how could the honest thing not be on their mind right you know they know that they are on the clock now right because now they're they're expected to compete for a finals berth and anything short of that is going to be unacceptable and Giannis is going to notice and everybody else is going to notice do do so, players feel that with him you think like I can, a hundred percent, the organization does, but do like players? They feel the finals pressure, like that you the expectations. But do they feel like the pressure that oh god, Giannis is going to leave us? I mean, how could they not? Even the Warriors, a historically great team, felt that with Durant. So why would the Bucks players not feel that? I, I the just Bucks feel like it's won. yeah, exactly. And it's they still won. like a it's still a year, two years away, really, honestly. Um, yeah, where like between, who knows where they're going to be? Each of those players is going to be in two years, right? I think the the main difference the Warriors already had like a dynasty going um, that they didn't sacrifice like any, any major parts to get Durant, just Harry Barnes or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but but at the same token, they already have the pressure of of winning and sustaining that with Durant, and they recognize that that job becomes immensely harder if he decides to leave. For the fact that, like, as we see now, they don't have the horses. Like, right. they really don't. Um, and, sure. and in Milwaukee, all they've heard the offseason is uh, Chris Middleton was overpaid. It was terrible in FIBA. Eric Bledsoe, oh, my goodness, that contract, Eric Bledsoe. So you've got their second and third best players who were nothing but negative about themselves all offseason. And then they've got to have the expectation to pick up where they left off and perform or if they don't, Giannis might leave. So there is that factor as well with with the Bucks players. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. see how they. I don't see how they could not feel that pressure. I don't see how that's something they could not be thinking about. But I'm saying like the, I, I agree that they definitely feel the pressure of expectations now. That's that's different. Yes, but I I don't think they're feeling the whole God. Giannis might leave us in two years. How many of them have contracts that are running beyond that besides like Middleton who signed this year? Like I don't think you feel the pressure of 
that guy leaving two years from now. I think they're feeling that, okay, we got, we're expected to be number one in this conference now that Kawhi left. And that that pressure is on every single night. I don't think it's I don't think it's Giannis though for the the players. Yeah, I think at I least the most best friends are probably hoping he like goes to Orlando so they have somebody to visit. <laughs> no one wants to visit. I Orlando. just I can't wait. I can't wait until because today I saw a, a Knicks fan on Twitter. Oh boy, tweet out. Tweet out a uh, a photoshopped picture of Giannis in a Knicks jersey, and oh, I cannot Eddie. wait. How do they insist on doing this? And not only that, but then they had the Thanos quote like "Destiny, like run from it." Oh no! I know, and I cannot <laughs> wait until the summer of 2021 where they sign Costas out of the Kupo. <laughs> we and did tell- it. We and try to convince themselves that that was the one they wanted all along. Oh, man. Isn't there a fourth one on the way? Yeah, yeah. Alex. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis says that's the one who has the potential to be better than him. Uh, did y'all see uh, Thanasis Antetokounmpo with his first NBA bucket the other day? Oh, I missed that. Isn't he on the Lakers? No, nah, he's on the box. Is he, oh, yeah, that's right. He went there. Yeah, they, was, they, uh, got the, they have the brothers Antetokounmpo yeah, they got the brothers. Thirty seconds. Don't dog. worry. At least they yeah. didn't have to. Thanos, uh, Takupo, New York Knicks soon come. <laughs> didn't he start there? Like, yeah, I believe so. Well, he's going back. Coming home. <laughs> I'm coming home. <laughs> coming home. home. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks are gonna get uh, two. Uh, they're gonna get their own duo. It's gonna be the wrong two. Uh, the wrong two Antetokounmpo's. The and wrong they'll, two. Oh, they'll probably grab the Costas and Thanasis. Get the wrong two Antetokounmpo's. Get the wrong two Holiday Brothers. Get the wrong. <laughs> grab a plumber. You gotta have Plumley. a plumber. And and Taylor Griffin for good measure. They're gonna draft. They're gonna draft Reese Plumley, the football player. And like, oh, whoops, <laughs> that is the wrong guy. Our bad. <laughs> Uh, Once again, sorry, Kofi, for all these Knicks jokes. <laughs> uh, that's the new new Travis. That came album. out of nowhere. RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> but, Ooh, uh, shout but... out to Michael Porter lighting up my heels right now. Yeah, Isn't see, that was, that was a heat plan all along, was just get MPJ some playing time. See? It's yeah. chess, not checkers. <laughs> These monopoly moves. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we were talking about disappointing teams a moment ago, and I don't know. Like, of course, this is going to be talked about everywhere, like in in, in the NBA world, uh, all sorts of podcasts and stuff. But I wouldn't call the Warriors disappointing so much as how did all of us miss this? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's that's one of those ones that I feel like it's it seems so obvious right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't lie. I didn't examine their roster at all, and think we just like, got so oh, wow. I wonder if like one more guy got hurt, what would happen? Yeah, it's it's been like a given for so long, that, right? Like, right. And, even and even thought, in the Mark Jackson years, uh, those we were pretty rough. Be like guys that we have recognized on that team, but like outside of their big three, 
and D'Angelo Russell and I guess Looney, I did not recognize a single human being on that roster oh. on that first night. I was oh. like, who are these guys? Are we sure they didn't just go to some open run gym in, in San Francisco and just pick guys off a of court? Because I'm legitimately that- depressed because in the uh, sign and trade, the, the, the KD D'Angelo Russell swap, the Nets actually got a pick that is top 20 protected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all not getting that pick. <laughs> nope. It converts to a second up? rounder next year. Okay. Hey, who the Warriors really use? Worst really is Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn on their yeah. D league right. team last year. Oh, let's talk about it. Oh. The Heat Scouting and Player Development Departments. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing because Miami almost never has. They almost never draft like super duper well in the top of the draft. Besides, we never, Dwayne we never get up to that spot. I know. Well, we had your boy, the namesake of this podcast, the goat. just to be the goat, obviously. Yeah, but they like Miami works the margin so well. So the only issue is then they end up having to pay those guys, and they don't know when to just sell high. But I think we're learning that lesson. I would think the uh, summer of, what was it, 16 has taught us about not overpaying guys. Um, Dion's untradeable right now. James Johnson's actually like, I don't know what the deal was with his weight or whatever. I know Riley's kind of strict, to say the least, about that. But he's playing really well since he's come back. Um, and I'm not, I don't think he's going to get like solid, you know, consistent minutes every night. But against the right teams like jj is valuable um but he's still overpaid <laughs> oh absolutely and i won't act like i wasn't excited that season because that 31 and 10 had me drinking all the juice but i mean <laughs> we've seen the error of those ways hassan's gone though people act like it mattered that we gave up that first round to get rid of him and i'm like riley never holds on to first rounders if he can help himself so i'd really like I, I, I've never valued first rounders the way most of the NBA does, just because we never have them. Yeah, seems it's just fine without it, you know. So it's not even a thing that we deal with very often, right? So. But um, hello, Norris teams. Cole, Shabazz Napier, <laughs> Norris Cole, Norris Cole was no. I mean, what did he play like another season after the Heat finally drafted him? I think he made like, it two or three. It's just he was only a rookie. Maybe a rotation-ish player for one more. It fell off fast. Okay. Like he was—he was like legit solid backup guard on those teams. Not great. Oh, like, I mean, Maccabi um, Haifa. He was in one of the uh, preseason oh, games no. against the international teams in the NBA. The Grizzlies oh, played. No. no, Norris Cole. That's you know two-time NBA champion Norris Cole. You just said Maccabi Haifa, and that is literally the first time I've ever heard that said out loud. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm well acquainted with the team. I see it all the time. I've just never heard it to, to date. Yeah, that's actually the first time I've heard somebody say that. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think you're right. I hope it's correct. <laughs> None of us are going to correct you. Well, we all just stated the reason for it maybe not being correct. We've never heard it said out loud before. <laughs> That's right. That means you really could have said anything, and we would have had yeah. to take your word. It sounded close enough to me where I knew which team you were talking about, so that works. That team and the and the and the two Greek teams. What is it? Olympiakos and uh, 
no, uh, Basiktas is in Turkey. I have a, however you say that. You see him all the time, but you never hear him say it. He's naming all of Hassan's former teams. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe his future. Hassan, are we a little Pretty worried much. about the Blazers? Nah, I didn't have the Blazers very high after they traded for Whiteside. Come on. I saw Zach Collins now out for four months. Yeah, exactly. He's now they really got to wait on Zach. Oh, man. Oh, oh, it's about to get ugly in Portland. It's I'm worried about the Jazz. You're more the worried jazz, about the Jazz I mean, than the Blazers? Yep. No, I mean, the Jazz were, like, a, I don't know, like three or four days ago, tied for first or second in the West. So they're, they're, doing, they're doing fine. Now, that being said, Trey... We've danced around it long enough. You know what I'm going. You know what I'm going to say. No, I don't. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I know we're talking about Western Conference teams right now. Nope. we're going back to the East. Go ahead, Trey. Explain right, yourself. This. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Oh um, yeah, the Nets have been <clears throat> disappointing. Um, <laughs> the Nets have been disappointing. Uh, they haven't exhibited any uh, chemistry between the players. As a matter of fact, the first like two mm. games, the game plan was give Kyrie the ball and see what he can make happen in isolation. And mm. it almost worked two mm. times in a row. Um, it did not. But lately, they've been they've been sharing like, the, the last few games. They've been moving the ball a lot better. Um, they're starting. You can tell they're still adjusting to each other. Like, uh, there's nice chemistry developing between uh, Irving and Levert and Joe Harris. Like, some of the stuff is starting to pick up. But the thing, that there's so many turnovers. Like, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I want to say the average of, like, 20 a game. Yeah, I feel that one. That's, yeah. That's what Miami's been, been doing, been, too. And uh, Spencer, like, some, some, some players who we used to be able to count on have been so – I guess they're still adjusting. But Spencer Dinwiddie's been so ungood thus far. Um, to start off, which is only shocking because he's playing the same role. Like he's coming off the bench. It's not like anybody is stepping on his role or whatever. Um, but there's just it's one of those things where uh, there's a lot more growing pains than anticipated. Half the roster is brand new, playing together for the first time. And uh, there's still some reasons for optimism. Like Garrett Temple has been a nice surprise. Um, Garrett Temple's a good player. Yeah, he has he been is. pretty much everywhere he's gone. He's been a solid player. Like you see the fan base. Of whatever yeah. team Garrett Temple's on is like, we really like Garrett Temple. Yeah, I'm surprised he bounces around the league as much as he has. Cause, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you could do far worse than Garrett Temple as your eighth or ninth man. Him and Ed Davis. Everybody yeah. seems to enjoy having Ed Davis come off the I was bench. sad to see Ed Davis go. Was, right, but nobody wants to pay him more than, like, two mil a year either. We gave him four last year, I think. Did they? Uh, look at him. Yeah, Good for him. But uh, yeah. at the same token, it... it I think Kenny Axon is still trying to figure out what he has. Like, David Nwaba was playing a bigger role earlier this season. I don't know what happened there. If he's just tinkering with the rotations. Um, Rodeo and Skoogs has not been the player he was last year. Uh, and so so a lot of it is just, like I said, the newness of the situation. Um, DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen have been rotating starts. <clears throat> oh, the two things that, that have been, like, killing the Nets. Because other than the... Well, it was one game that wasn't a close game, but they've all been one possession games um, until like the last uh, when we had against New Orleans and one other game where we didn't. It wasn't really close. Um, but it, it, it's, it's turnovers and free throws have been like killing us. 
Um, and that's not fun to watch. But I'm also not worried because we started last season eight and eighteen. Um, that's true. That's and true. I, and I recognize that Kenny Atkinson is a coach who isn't necessarily like he he can still he he, he learns how to squeeze stuff out of his players. Like, and, and there's no point where he's going to give up. Like, they're going to keep fighting and stuff. So I still anticipate them making the playoffs. Um, they're clearly not one of the three or four best teams in the East, like I thought they would be. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm not ringing any alarm bells just yet. I think a lot of Nets fans seem to have that perspective yeah, for the yeah. ones that are out there visible. Well, um, yeah. But, like, I mean, just not having Durant here this year kind of took the pressure off of any sort of early – like, you're not seeing, like, national, like, what's wrong with the Nets? Like, break them up, trade Bosch. Like, you're not seeing any of that. Right. Uh, Braun hasn't bumped into Spolstra yet. You know, you're, you're not going to have those issues this season simply because KD is out. So exactly. Exactly. when you can the have McMillan article, right, right. You're not going to have any of those things. There's no heat index, you know, stuff like that. Like you're really <laughs> going to be able to work stuff out right now. And then, you know, okay, now we got to work Kevin into this, but you know, they, they've worked through working one superstar in, so they'll have a better understanding of that. Like I yeah. just I don't see a lot of pressure on them right now, which is good for them. And in retrospect, it's one of those things that like we should have expected, and I think that that's probably part of the reason nobody's really tripping yet. Because what worked so well for them last year is they played great team ball. They moved the ball around a whole lot. They shot a lot of three pointers, and they made a, a most of them. And matter of fact, Joe Harris has picked up exactly where he left off last year. He's shooting something like like fifty five percent from three so far. Um, but it's one of those things where you replace half the roster. Like, we don't have Jared Dudley. We don't have Damari Carroll. We don't have uh, Ed Davis. And incorporated so many new pieces in the huge roles. Um, hasn't gone as smoothly as we would have liked. Torian Prince has also been a nice surprise. Not I, not even a surprise because they extended him before he played his first game here. So I think Marcus and I kind of were saying that in that first episode just from that 2010 experience. We're like, it's going to be kind of rough early on. You guys will be fine because there won't be any pressure because KD not there. But, you know, like that that first year that Braun was in Miami with Bosch and Wade, like I did we have anyone besides Wade and Haslam return that season? Not that I can recall. Right. It was, I mean, it was a lot of new faces. Like I remember Beasley was specifically the last piece shipped out to make cap space for the three of them. And and then after that, it was just like, oh, they signed Mike Bibby. Oh, they signed Zidrunas Ogaskis. Like, there was no chemistry there except for Wade and Haslam. So, like, for a team, it seems like New uh, Brooklyn – sorry, I almost said New Jersey. Wow, I'm old. Um, they, they have a solid organizational structure now, it seems like. They have a good coach. They're going to figure it out, and they don't have that pressure on them. So I think everything's in place for it to be, you know, like – good in the long term i just i honestly didn't expect much this year because of that you know whole rebuilding the roster basically and then not having that superstar there i thought they'd be about a 45 to 50 win team this year yeah i think most of us are still expecting them to be slightly like a slight improvement on last year yeah simple fact that even without kd like just looking at the pieces on a from a purely talent standpoint this roster is better than last year's roster right even right so I think most of us are still hoping um, to at least like host the first round series, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that's in reach. I don't know if I don't know if I believe 
like more than 50% it would happen, but I, I, that's definitely obviously still in reach. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the expectations might need to be shuffled to where they're sort of a tier. There may be like a tier three by themselves in the East below the, the heat Celtics and Raptors, depending on what the Raptors do, of course, if they decide to trade vets, but it seems like they might be sort of below, below that sort of trio of teams All right. below the Sixers and the Bucks. Mike, you're you're a guest here, oh, but I want to <laughs> let you know this is the last time that you ever suggested the Nets are on a tier below the Celtics, especially yeah, in this yeah. iteration. I I will not I will not entertain that's that a, thought. That's a tough argument to make right there. I mean, look, not <laughs> yeah. You know what? Never mind. I think I think I would give the Nets probably twenty to twenty five games before I would start really worrying too much. Yeah. Um, just because. Like like you were saying, I mean, this year was always going to be something of a like of a gravy year anyway, right? We're like, playing, we're playing, we're, we're playing with house money. Gravy, right? Exactly. Like you're yeah. excited because you signed Kyrie and KD, but like without KD, this team was not winning a title, and I don't think anybody anybody expecting them to compete for one this year was fooling themselves. Yeah, and yeah. and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like this is this is going to be the team that, like you said, forty five. And seems about right. Because um, what did they win? 42 last year? Yeah. Yes. So 45, 46 wins seems about right. And then, you know, and whatever you get out of that is great. And then... I will not dispute that. All I'm saying is if we are a third tier team, which I will not argue, then the Celtics are a third tier team as well. <laughs> yep. That's just all yep. I'm saying. Yep. I mean, I think the record, their, their record would indicate otherwise, but yes, we oh do my not. Gosh. The NBA Nobody here believes in the Celtics. So yeah, we will claim small sample size when we want to, and disregard it when we don't want to acknowledge <laughs> it. Okay, let's get yeah. this straight. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But speaking of, I mean, for a quick second, shout out to the defending champion Toronto Raptors, <laughs> who granted small sample size, but. Guys, Pascal Siakam might be good. He might be legit good. Yeah, yeah he might. He might. He's be. been fun to watch. I mean, and Fred Van Vliet apparently is also good. I Question. still don't know if yeah, I, I can believe in a guy named Fred, but it's not if his last name is going to be Van Vliet, right? Like, and it's yeah. like in that first game against the Pelicans, I was like, the nerve of a guy named Norman Powell to take the final shot oh in a regulation. I was just like, of course you didn't make that, Norman. Nobody thought you were going to make that. Norman, <laughs> Norman is the only like, person on planet that even thought he had a chance at making. Norman that. was like, Coach, are are we sure I'm supposed to be out here? And <laughs> He was like, look, hey. since I'm out here, I got the ball, and I'm shooting this. Forget it. I'm never going to get this opportunity again. But, yes, that is 100% not what they had drawn up. There's I this, no way. I said yeah, this earlier in the group chat, um, and it's probably a fair amount of recency bias, but, like, I'm really excited about the crop of, like, really good young players in the league right now. Yeah. Like, there are a it's, lot of – of good, like Ja is a rookie, but looks like the truth. RJ Barrett has been like playing grown man ball. We just gotta, hey, free RJ. That's the new campaign, man. Get him. I hope he that. does well. Like I, I wasn't a believer, but I, I do hope he does well. Like his preseason was not encouraging. So yeah, it was very have, Wiggins-esque. It was very. He looked a lot like Andrew Wiggins, and yeah. not the good one. And yeah. so shots, 
Shouts to the Knicks. We, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's all bad things. And they uh, did still sign 600 power forwards, and we will never forget that. But RJ Barrett's <laughs> looked know, good. Who else did too? You know who else did too? The two and five Orlando Magic. We were a year ahead on them. Oh, Lord. A year oh. early calling them bad. That's enough for like yes. magic talk for this pod. Anyway, oh, you know who we haven't talked about? Who I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm still trying to. Been pretty good though. All right, but the Dallas Mavericks, like that, that is a right. Dan B and I were on that one. Dan and I were. You guys on that were. On, you are. Luca has already. Luca's already looking like like an MVP level player, like next year MVP. Like I'm not saying. He's going to one day. I'm saying he is going to be in that conversation real soon. He's yeah, looking yeah. that good. Like, I, he's going to make an all-NBA team this year. This is like the yeah. perfect situation because I can sit here and say that Dan and I were right, and then I don't get dragged off a cliff of a hot take with him. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, you Dan. <laughs> Miss you. Yeah, Mike, I'm almost kind of disappointed. Your takes haven't been hot enough. Like, if you're going to be sitting in that seat. Right. Very well-measured. <laughs> No, right. no one. I don't think anyone has as hot takes as Dan. So that's a, that's a tough seat to sit in. Mike, you gotta He's bless on us with fire. Mike, you gotta bless us with one pecan take, just one, man. Buy you up the hibachi. Let's go, man. <laughs> See, Something one... you've been sitting on all season. Bless us with one pecan take. Uh, well, we're t- we're talking about the the Mavericks. I will say that. If I, as a Bucks fan, they're kind of the team that might scare me a little bit of Giannis. You got Kristaps uh, and Luca down there. Uh, that's sort of an underrated team, I think, in terms of having nice, uh, nice players and situation that Giannis might might look to. Hotter. Luca will still be on his rookie contract at that time too, so they could work. They can afford it. Yeah. But, I mean, we've all seen Jimmy Butler got signed with zero cap space, so cap space doesn't matter when a star wants to go somewhere. Yeah, but I don't really like Dallas's front office. There it is. I said it. Oh, yeah, it's true, yeah. They don't deserve nice things at all. Yes. Not yeah. after I they with, out of the trade with Goran. I will say with the Raptors, uh, they, uh, I think Fred Van Vliet has slowed down a little bit after the first game, and in that game on Saturday against Giannis, you could definitely tell that Siakam uh, – Siakam still got a ways to go. Giannis definitely uh, dominated him pretty good in that game. So Giannis still got a ways to go. Five best players on the planet. Yeah. yeah. These yeah. are all very well-measured takes and very not Dan-like. Um, uh, and you can, yeah. def- but you can definitely tell that the, the, the Raptors were a level below the Bucks in that game. Oh, that was definitely sort of like, the, uh, the like back-to-earth level for the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, sure. The Raptors are not going to compete for a title this year. Um, I think they're going to be fine. And honestly, I'm glad you brought them up because I've been hearing a lot about why wouldn't why wouldn't Giannis want to play there in Toronto as well. I've heard that as well. And honestly, that team sounds real fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm Giannis. I don't know that Toronto is a big enough jump in for me, notoriety wise. But I mean, OG Ananobi's been good this year. You just said yourself, like. Siakam's good, but he's probably not a 1A guy. He still, you know, is not quite on Giannis's level, which, to be fair, nobody really is. He's not um, even close to 1A. Yeah, I mean, probably not. I think, but he if might Pascal, be 1A in two years, though. Right. 
if he can pat if he uh maybe maybe oh. if I, he can, he had worsties a two and if you sign Giannis, then yeah. that's perfect exactly no he, he'd be a very nice like second fiddle like he's right. a very nice robin but no he's not if even he can pop out as a number two guy i mean i think yeah. first of all toronto you're thrilled with that right because you almost you just want last a year. guy Oh, yeah. You're definitely thrilled. I mean, I think you can... There's definitely a trio there of uh, Siakam, OG, Ananobi, and and uh, Fred Van Vliet, if they choose to keep him, which he's an unrestricted free agent, and they'll probably have to spend uh, Brogdon money probably at least to keep him. Oof. So uh, that'll be interesting Oof. to see if they want to keep him. Oof. Look, look man... Right, hold, on, hold on, hold on. So, so we 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 gonna have to start ramming this down in a minute. But before we go, like Mike, you really gotta throw something on the hibachi. You need like the hot <laughs> uh, He prepared all this well measured stuff for the podcast, and we're just like, throw your crazy at us. What do you got? I I I did before we before we end this. I did want to talk about Houston. Oh man, because that. Everyone, you know, going into the season, maybe not the lead title contender in the West, but certainly in the conversation for everybody. Uh, Houston's defense. Is this Mike D'Antoni in a contract year or what is happening? They did. Like, didn't they fire most of his staff? Like, didn't the office fire most of his staff against his will? Like, Jeff Bezdelic made a big difference with their defense. Yeah, he did. And they let him go. So that being said, you give up 158 points to the 2019 Washington Wizards, (laughs) and every you need to lose your job a second time. They need to fire whatever staff is there now. American points. That is not even a translated number. Wizards team has three, three and a half, counting Isaiah Thomas, real life NBA players. Why are we counting Isaiah Thomas right now? He's starting. He's been yes. good for them. He's, He's been, been good. good. Yeah. But I said half because, so, you know, we don't know if he's still good, good, or if he's, like, just playing well because he hasn't played in so long. Also, he's short. Um, so, <laughs> looking, at the, looking at the Rockets, though, they're the, known as an offensive team, scored 159 in a game the other day, gave up 158, yes, but known as an offensive team, correct? There's two guys on this roster – that have an offensive rating when they're on the floor of less than 80. One is Ryan Anderson, who's played 14 minutes on the season, so whatever, right? (laughs) The second, though, is Eric Gordon. When Eric Gordon is on the court, the Rockets have an offensive rating of 78 and a defensive rating of 118. I'm not great at math, but that's, that's 40, negative 40 net rating. For Eric Gordon on the seat, so. uh, I, I, I do that. like that. It, I know people are going to point to Russ and Harden as like, oh, this is the new, this is the different thing. And like, Russ's defense is different than Chris Paul's. Chris Paul's a better defender than he's given credit for, and Russ is a worse defender than he's given credit for. But that they haven't really been the problem. Like, just staring at the early season results, Eric Gordon is oh Eric Gordon who just got paid? Yeah. He's shooting twenty three percent from three point range. Ugh. I um, mean twelve twelve attempts a game, twenty three percent. Yeah man. 
That's uh, look, that Harden Westbrook thing has worked out just fine, right. just for the two of them. Even though Harden has not shot well either at all. No, but that, like, like you said, they are not the problem. That team is not deep at all. No, I mean, Rivers is having a rough start, and if you're relying on Austin Rivers, like I know he's got his moments here and there, but I, I would never want to rely on Austin Rivers. That is a dicey um, position. Capella, Capella's come back to earth a bit. Like, if I'm the Suns, I'm happy that didn't work out. Um, and, I mean, and honestly, if you're if you're depending on PJ Tucker for offense, which they kind of have to, that's not a great position to be in no. either. And PJ Tucker's as a I love PJ Tucker. Yeah, but he's if plus you need him to score 15, 15 points a night. Yeah. My brothers, that is not a good place to be in. Right. Um, yeah. So for you to need 159 points to to beat the Wizards, who scored 158, that's that's awful. Because Harden, Harden had 59 of those points, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's averaging like 37 on the season. <laughs> well, what's funny is like he was averaging he's averaging 36 point he was averaging like 36.6 points. Yeah, and was shooting thirty six point five for yeah, the season, yeah. which is gross. a strange statistic. Also gross. Yes, it's that's scary. Scary Rozier uh, level shooting. It's always really confusing looking at his stat lines when he's not shooting well because you're like, oh, three of fourteen and forty one points. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it helps to live at the free throw line though. Yeah. Well. Doesn't visually help, but yeah, you're right. Um, any other things we haven't covered early season? Any surprises or <laughs> confirmations of what we thought was going to happen? Or Kyrie for MVP? Let's go. If yeah. he had completed that game breaker, then absolutely, I'd be banging the drum right next to you. <laughs> Shouts to the Charlotte Hornets who are above 500 right now. That's which... right. What on earth? Yeah, unacceptable. Well, they got the Bulls to start the season, and they start feeling themselves a little bit, I guess. But anytime you can take down a playoff team, you got to feel good about yourself. Sorry, Dan. Very confused by the Bulls playoff talk preseason. Oh, you weren't the only one. Yeah. There was three of us on this pod that were not, or that were, were confused. Dozens of us. Yeah. Dozens. <laughs> There were three of us that were very confused by the playoff talk, and one that was confident they were going four and one. But now, in his defense, I I listened to quite a few podcasts with other experts who said the same thing. So it's not like his agreed left field agreed. And and, then, and Dan has stated that that is what got his hopes up. That many national people were being like, well, you know, the Bulls. Well, we keep on trying to teach Dan about having hope. Like Dan, I'm yeah. sorry, you're not here to defend yourself, but somebody had the nerve to, to talk about to, to AD about coming to Chicago. He was um, like, it's possible. And uh, stop, stop, stop. Get some help. You know, <laughs> get some help, man. <laughs> it's the Pat Beverly thing all over again, man. It's Right, but to be fair to Dan, like he did have the numbers right when he said four and one. He just <laughs> wrong order. Dislocated them. So. Yeah, I mean, like there were people talking them up. He's not wrong about that, and that is why his hopes were up. It seemed like, but 
But uh, stop, it was stop with the whole guy. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah. We gotta examine things objectively. Yeah. But then the game, <laughs> then the game started, and then right. we're like, oh, no, no, no. Same. You point. lose to Charlotte, and everything goes to hell. Yeah. Whoa. And they they really need to figure out what they're gonna do with Mark with marketing. Like, they're both. They're not really giving him enough shots. Like, if he's going to be your guy, then you have to sink or swim with him. And they're not, like, letting him do enough. But when you have Zach Levine, you know, you're going to have to give up a lot of shots to that guy. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to have any knowledge about how the Bulls are playing other than awful because I can't say I've watched a single game of theirs this year. I don't hate that Yeah, I can only handle... So much bad basketball. I right. Mean, that's how not been good. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Heat have been good enough where I'd actually had a Pistons-Wizards game on for, like, 43 seconds the other night. And then, and then realized I don't hate myself like that. But Ugh. I had that I, game on just because it was it started before the Nets game. Right. It was literally the only one on. And I was like, yeah, I'll give them one watch for the season. Pistons-Wizards? Like, the Pistons without Griffin? Yeah. Those yeah, it was, it was rough. It was changed immediate as soon as Bucks uh, Wolves started. The Pistons changed the channel without Griffin and the Wizards without Wall. It was it was it was ugly. It was ghastly. I, I could not tell you who like eighty percent of the players on the court were just vis- like looking at them. Do you know the Pistons had the sixth highest salary this year? Yeah, that was, Mike was telling me this the other day. I thought she said it was the fourth. I think it's sixth. Okay. But yeah, That's it, it, I was going. Oh. I was looking at the top ten, and Piston six was definitely very jarring. I mean, anytime you, anytime you can overpay Reggie Jackson, you gotta do it. <laughs> Noted three point shooter Reggie Jackson. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. but yeah. How are we doing here? Yeah, man. I think I think that'll do it, folks. What do you think? Sounds good yeah. to me. Well, thanks. thanks. Thank for you coming so much on, for joining Mike. us, Mike. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you back. Anytime, bro. Yeah, we miss you, Dan. We miss, we miss you, Dan. you, Dan. And thank all y'all for listening to the Bees Knees Podcast, Season 2. Beesier and easier. Beesier and easier. Two bees, two knees. <laughs> Normally the part where we tell you how you can contact us. But isn't Dan be the one who has all that information? Yeah, I can't say I know what any of them. I know what the Twitter is. The Twitter is at B's Podcast. So follow us there. Yeah. I don't know. I think the email address, if you want to send in any questions or if anybody wants to send in some hot takes for the future, if Dan might have to miss an episode, please do. Um, Mike was bringing way too many rational thoughts to the podcast tonight. Do the Uh, equilibrium off, man. So that's good. I have a hot take. Uh, I came up with one. All right, Brandon, on this. Let's get I'm, it. I'm going to say that the, the Nets are going to be looking to see if they can trade Kyrie this offseason with uh, just Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. He brings it right as we're leaving. <laughs> you know yes. what? I was, I was about to tell you that you're welcome back here anytime. <laughs> but, but now you're only welcome back when I'm not here. <laughs> I listened to another podcast and... Uh, it was talk. It was a story from an NBA photographer that Kyrie went up to the NBA photographer and told the NBA photographer not to take pictures of him in pregame. That sounds like him. Didn't yeah, he say man. something about like he had a hat on for some photo shoot and they were asking him to take it off and he was like, 
He's yeah, like, no. you can just Photoshop it out. Yeah. He, no. have his, he didn't have his his hair lined up, man. That's, that's, ah, that's gotcha. Okay, that makes that's sense. That's a real thing. But yeah, that's right. the kind of take we needed from you, man. Leave that that's bridge right. burned. <laughs> <laughs> hey, appreciate you, Mike, and appreciate you listening. Uh, come back whenever the next time we drop another episode is. How about that? All right. All right. Peace. All right.